Hello and welcome to the Roden Fellows Podcast. My name is Marissa Stubbs. I am a senior broadcast journalism student who attends Florida A&M University. And today I am joined by my two fellows to discuss some great topics. Fellows, if you would, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. My name is Jayla Jones, and I am a senior communications major at Prairie View A&M University. Hi, everybody. My name is Ashton Edmonds. I am a graduating senior uh, majoring in mass communications from Tallahassee, Florida. All right, fellows. Well, since our last podcast, a lot has happened in the sports world from the NFL to the NBA. So the first thing we have to talk about is this NFL draft. I mean, we at least have to talk about the first round because I don't know about you guys, but the first round was a, a pretty good show to watch. So I want to get your reactions to were there any picks that surprised you and did your NFL teams choose the right guy? For me, um, I'm a Steelers fan, so with the Steelers choosing Najee Harris, that was like a dream come true for me because, in my opinion, he's the best running back in the draft. And the Steelers aren't really, in my opinion, they haven't been good at picking in the draft over the past year. So I feel like this is a great year and a great pick for the Steelers. I think they picked at 24, so I was happy that Najee Harris was still on the board. And I feel like this offense coming up this season is, is going to be really good. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Pittsburgh. Right. I agree, Ashton. I mean, when they drafted Najee Harris, I was like, the Steelers got a really great fit, considering, like you said, he's a great running back and all the work that he did at Alabama. I think it's going to fit great into the Steelers offense. So do you still see Big Ben out of there? Do you want a quarterback? What's your take on that? Right. Yeah, Big Ben is definitely getting old, but I still feel like he has some some gas left in the tank. I feel like maybe two or three years. I feel like, you know, the Steelers can make it to the championship if they just buy in and build that chemistry amongst each other. Um, I feel like they got some great pieces as a wide receiver, Juju Smith, you know, now Najee Harris. So and, and our defense is really building up. So I feel like the Steelers are championship contenders, in my opinion, and not just being biased. Right. I, I agree. I can I can agree with that. They definitely still have a great head coach at the head. So I'm excited to see what they'll do next season. So, Jayla, I want to get your take on the draft, because actually there were a lot of players reunited with their old teammates. Jamar Chase reunited with Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts reunites with Devontae Smith. So, Jayla, what is your take on that? And do you think that's a good idea for these older players to kind of reunite and see what they can do in the NFL? Yeah, I love it. I love that so many players were, you know, reunited with their old teammates last night. I think that gives them uh, a level of comfortability coming into the league because it's like, oh, I know them. I know their playing style. I know what they're capable of. So seeing them play together is also good for the fans, the fans who were rooting for, you know, Alabama or LSU. You know, seeing them get to play together again is always good for both parties. I'm mostly very excited to see what uh, Devontae Smith does with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a breakout player. We already know that. But to add uh, Devontae to his his arsenal is is going to go crazy next year. So I'm very excited to see what happens there. Okay, I agree with that. So do you guys think there were also Justin Fields who got drafted and there was a take on Black quarterbacks and just in this draft in the presence of more Black quarterbacks. So Ashton, I want to get your take on that. Do you feel like Justin Fields fits in the right place with the Chicago Bears? And then what's your view on just more Black quarterbacks going into the NFL? Yeah, no, nah, Justin Fields going to Chicago was was major. You know, I feel like Chicago doesn't really have any type or any black quarterbacks like that. So I'm really excited to see Justin Fields um, go to Chicago. I feel like he was 
Um, the best quarterback in all sorry, second best quarterback in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence. Like I feel like it's debatable, but just depending on what you're looking for. But now I'm really excited to see what he does in Chicago and just his impact. And I feel like I guess surrounding black quarterbacks, I feel like race does kind of play a factor in that because I feel like he's way better than Trey Lance. And I feel like he's he, he and he's better than BYU's quarterback. So I definitely feel like race is a big issue when it comes to black quarterbacks in NFL draft. Yeah, definitely. So I am in Chicago at the moment, and I can tell you that once Justin was drafted, like the city went crazy. So there's this ongoing argument that the Bears don't like Black quarterbacks. And for a while, it seemed like that was true. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Justin Fields is the first Black quarterback the Bears have had, and no one else. So like no one else comes to mind. But before they were passing up the likes of Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton for players like Mitch Trubisky and, you know, Andy Dalton. And it just didn't make sense. It's like they didn't even throw, you know, their hat into the ring whatsoever. But now that Justin is here, you know, maybe it's different. I can tell you that the city is very excited. Black quarterback was trending on Twitter all last night. Everyone was so surprised. Everyone, it was so unexpected. So I hope he sees some snaps on the Bears and I hope he finds some success here because it, it, it looks like it's signaling, like it's bringing in a new era for the Bears. Right. I agree, Jalen. You talk about the new era for the Bears. And I actually didn't even know that people were shocked to see Justin Fields drafted. Now that you bring up that history, I think that the notion of it will be dismissed quickly to see what Justin Fields can go out there and do for the Bears franchise. And once they see that, that's will like, you know, they'll accommodate to his what he's worth as a player. You know, a lot of players and really in the world right now, in the sports world, like they want to see what players can do for their team. And if Justin Fields come in there high, it's definitely going to be a great show to watch. And you mentioned that you're in Chicago now. So what was like the emotions of the Chicago area when they seen that they drafted Justin Fields? It was all just like surprise and Nobody expected it because like I said, like nobody expected them to draft a black quarterback, black player. Absolutely. But a black quarterback, like they've never been known to, you know, gravitate towards black quarterbacks. So once he was drafted, everybody was like, what? Like, oh, okay. Like they were pleasantly surprised, but truly nobody expected the Bears to do that. Yeah. And I I really feel like it's good to see him, I guess, like play alongside like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles who, I mean, in my opinion, are two great quarterbacks. You know, Nick Foles has a, a Super Bowl and Andy Dalton is a veteran quarterback. So for him to, to learn under those two QBs is going to be exciting to watch. Staying in the lines of the draft, there were a lot of familiar faces that we've seen from our HBCU sides who actually prepared for the draft this year, such as North Carolina Central Brian Mills and actually Florida A&M's own Calvin Ashley prepared for the draft. So, Jayla, I want to get your take on what it's like to see HBCU players you know, taking their dreams to the NFL and preparing for the next level. It's always good to see uh, HBCU players in the draft because it only like reiterates the point that you don't have to be at a big school. You don't have to be, you know, in in the power five world to get to where you need to go. Um, I've always heard that if you have the talent, if you have the gravitas, if you have what it takes to make it to the next level, then people will find you. Uh, You will always make your way to the NFL if you're meant to be in the NFL. So um, it's always great to see HBCU players. I know for Prairie View, we have a player in the draft. His name is Tristan Wallace. 
and he has been a top wide receiver for the Panthers for a couple years now. Um, he's a very powerful player, a very a very fast player, a very skillful player. So uh, I'm excited to see where the chips fall for him uh, in this year's draft and throughout the rest of his career. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely good to see HBCU players in the NFL draft and just representing, you know, historically black colleges. I feel like HBCUs are really on, on the rise now, especially with the hire of Eddie George at Tennessee State. But, you know, I'm really excited to see Ryan Mills, you know, who was he started at a JUCO and made his way up to North Carolina Central and really just made a name for himself in like in the span of like two years. So I'm excited to see him. And, and also Calvin Ashley, I know from FAMU, I know he's going to make a great impact in whichever team selects him. So I feel like like HBCU players are just as talented as these players at Power 5 schools. You know, they're just at HBCUs. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do and, and just the impact that they're going to make. Right. I definitely agree. And just going off of what you were saying about Calvin Ashley, you know, he started off as a five star at Auburn University. He transferred to us and that was actually our very first five star. So it was great to see him work during the 2019 season, which we had a record of nine to two. And it was just really like you said, Jayla, you know, talent is found anywhere. So to see HBCU players taking their talent to the next level is always great. And considering that they come from the HBCU background, they know that they always have support and a family here to support them. So transitioning to our next topic, college athletes in Florida may be able to get the chance to get profit off of their name, image, and likeliness. So Jayla or Ashton, I want to get your take on it to see what you think about this bill. And we always bring up the notion about college athletes getting paid for the work they do, not only on the field, but off the field. So how do you see this bill working? And do you wish that more schools and more states will partake in this? See, here's the thing. How... So like, I'm not a law person like at all, but with the ongoing NCAA versus Austin Supreme Court case, how do you, like, how, how do these things match up together? Cause I'm assuming, like I said, I'm not a law person, but like, I'm assuming Supreme Court ruling is like, it's the Supreme ruling. So at this point, like if that goes through, will states even have a choice in the matter? Right. And I, yeah, that's a good question that I honestly don't know the question uh, to either. But what I think is that what's happening, that's why I said like smaller state, like Florida was the, they say the Florida legislature wraps up its 2021 session. And basically the bill was passed during that time. So I don't think it's really like a nationwide rule. But I think if more states participated, a lot of more college athletes will start to appreciate the fact that, like I said, they will get paid off their name, image and likeliness. Right. Well, I do think the bill is overdue and for them to, you know, keep pushing it back. Like, I think they just pushed it back a year in Florida to keep pushing it back. Like, it's, it's only hurting athletes. And at this point, I don't really understand what the holdup is. Like, just get them kids their money. Y'all got to know. <laughs> no, for real. Like, th these athletes are the ones bringing the money to these institutions anyway. So I don't see why it's a big problem for these players to get paid. And I know like in early April, NCAA's president met with three basketball players and, they, you know, they created a hashtag, not NCAA property. And that's that's real. Like some of these athletes are, are really big, like on social media um, and low key, like celebrities already like been celebrities since high school. So I don't see why it would be a big problem for them to get paid. And also that's I feel like that's a, a big reason why some of these five-star basketball players are going to like the G League just, you know, for them to get paid straight out of high school and for them to get that professional development. So I definitely think this bill is way overdue and they should just go ahead and pass it. 
Right. That's a really good take. So I want to get your um, what you guys take on should HBCU students, athletes be able to benefit from this? Also, I know Deion Sanders is prideful and trying to get his team, you know, like if you're out there on the field and doing what you have to do, like you should be credited for that. So, Ashton, I want to toss it back to you. What do you think about the HBCU side? And do you think with our exposure over the last year that will help us? For sure. I mean, I feel like if a, if a player is big enough, like if, if his name is really out there like that, he definitely should get paid for his name, image and likeness. Just same as, you know, athletes from power five schools. And I know like there are more like four and five stars committing to HBCUs now that has a big name. So I really like what Deion Sanders is doing, especially because he has a big name. And I definitely feel like HBCU students should get paid for their name, image and likeness for sure. I also agree that uh, HBCU students should get paid for their name and likeness. But I also think that should get paid is different from will they actually be able to get paid. So we all know that, yes, they should benefit, but we all know that Power 5 money is different from HBCU money. And I know a lot of people don't find the topic of players getting paid fair because, you know, everyone won't be making the same amount, clearly. But the reality of it is if players are able to make money, then let them. You know, you're making so much money off them, but then them not being able to make their own money is weird. But then again, when you look back at it, a lot of HBCUs depend on money from their athletic offices to, you know, like beef up their budget and keep the um, campus moving. So as long as HBCUs are able to pay their players and it doesn't put the the university in jeopardy then absolutely go ahead and pay them but I think if they're not able to pay them then that's like a completely different conversation right I agree and Jelly, you talk about seeing if this bill will actually go into effect so do you think it will start to raise a lot of conflict when it comes to the most popular players being paid you know for their name image and likeliness like we're talking about versus the non-popular players who may not get paid because they're not that known I think when we boil it down, if you're more known, then you're going to get more money. We know that. If you're not known, then obviously, like, where's, what do you think the money's going to come from? You know, so there's a, I understand like people wanting to have a level of fairness, but college sports is not fair. Professional sports is not fair. You don't see LeBron James, you know, making the same amount of money as a bench player. Like everybody making the same amount of money is not realistic. It's just not realistic. But those who are able to make money, you should let them make money. But I think, you know, coming into this and expecting a certain amount of fairness or a certain level of fairness will get us nowhere. And speaking along the lines of HBCU student athletes, Travis Scott will be providing more scholarships to HBCU students. So, like I said, the support within the last year to two with HBCUs all over the world has been tremendous. And it's been really great to see as students who attend these HBCUs. So, Jayla, what is your take on Travis Scott doing this? Um, I think it's great that Travis Scott is giving, you know, to HBCU students and, you know, obviously giving them the opportunity to have some type of financial help because I know a lot of people need it. I think celebrities are at their best when they're helping other people. And what I like about this is like, he's truly like helping people, like he's giving to people in need. I think celebrities do a lot better when they're actually like 
helping people and having like personal interaction with them. I can't tell you how much I hate like the, oh, you know, enter to win this and oh, do this and maybe you can get this. It's like, okay, like that's a one in a million chance. And like, are you really helping anyone or helping the people who actually need it? So I enjoy that he's truly reaching out to HBCU students and uh, supplying them with the tools they need. I also want to point out that this has been like a trend. You guys think this has been like a trend of celebrities just giving money away randomly? Like celebrities will be like, oh, drop your cash apps. And all of a sudden, right. like a hundred Listen, I honestly think celebrities have so much money. Like why not? Like we always said a term, like you can't take it to the grave. Like you literally cannot take any of this money to the grave. So when we talk about like, you know, we go on Twitter and you'll randomly see like somebody quoting, like I need, if I only had $200, I would just be okay. And out of nowhere, here comes, you know, for instance, Travis Scott, and it's like, send me your cash app. And it's like, oh my gosh, Travis Scott just sent me $2,000 or like something, something crazy along those lines. It's just like, they have the money. And like you said, they're really better when they're giving to other people. So I like that point that you made. Yeah, I know if I was a celebrity, I would definitely be cash app hella people. But I know Travis Scott, I know like his mom and dad went to HBCU and his sister goes to Howard, I believe. So he has like a deep knowledge of, of HBCU institutions just, you know, just from his family alone. And I know that in Houston, he's working on a project that will operate as a design education center for the youth. So he's definitely, you know, not only giving out money, but like Jayla said, just like really helping the community and, and being relatable because, you know, I feel like with the platforms that celebrity have, they should be giving back in some way, shape and capacity. So I really love what Travis Scott is doing. And I really feel like this is going to continue to push for celebrities to give back um, to HBCU institutions. Definitely. I agree. And I hope, like we said, we hope this is not just a trend right now. We hope it continues within five to 10 years to come. Like giving back to HBCU should always be the narrative. So transitioning on because our HBCU journey is slowly coming to an end as we are all seniors right now. And although I graduate in the summer, Ashton, you're actually going to be graduating in a few weeks. So what are your emotions around that? And just reflect on your HBCU journey. Man, it's it's crazy to even think about. Like I finished my I literally turned in my last assignment yesterday, like of my undergraduate career. I couldn't believe it. Feel like I just stepped foot on campus like yesterday. But going to Clark was definitely the best decision for me. Like I literally did everything that I wanted to join all the organizations, internships, made great friends. You know what I'm saying? Connected with my professors. And I just had like a great four years, like just being in Atlanta, being in the AUC. I've learned so much and grown so much just as a person. And I know like in my next journey, I'm going to be well prepared just from these four years alone. So I feel like Clark Atlanta really prepared me. And I'm just I'm excited to graduate May 15 because it's like all my hard work, you know, is paying off. Right. And not to mention that graduation will actually be held in person, which is huge for us, considering that, you know, we came into the pandemic and didn't know what was going to happen. And unfortunately, for some graduates that they didn't have an in-person graduation. So, Ashton, are you excited for the in-person graduation ceremony? Like, you know, your family will be there in person with you to celebrate that big occasion. Yeah, most definitely. I'm super excited. Like, I, I was hoping that we had an in-person graduation. So I really liked how my school and, and just other uh, HBCU institutions pushed to have in-person graduation. Even though we only get four tickets, you know, it's, it's still good that my whole family will be here and we'll get to celebrate like right after the actual ceremony. So just being able to celebrate this moment with them is, is big for me, honestly. Right. Jayla, what about you? I know, you know, as we all, like I said, we're all seniors right now. So reflect on your HBCU journey. 
my HBCU journey started like two years ago. <laughs> so I, I started at the University of Texas at Arlington, but I didn't like it. So in the midst of finding like somewhere else to go to school, I came across Prairie View and, you know, that's all she wrote from there. And my journey there has been incredible. I love the campus, even though I prefer being at home. I love the campus. I love the people I've met. I love the opportunities I've been given. So looking back when I do graduate, by the way, Ashton, I'm very jealous that you're graduating on time. And that you're like this 6.0 scholar and <laughs> your entire life together, by the way. Just want to put that out there. But yeah, so I don't graduate till towards the end of this year, next semester. But looking back on it, I'm extremely grateful for everything that I've experienced at Prairie View. And I'm hoping to round out the rest of the year and finish on a good note. I agree. I can agree with all of you guys. I think going to an HBCU for me was probably one of the best decisions that I've made. And just seeing how much that I've grown as an inner person really helped me like think and look back like, okay, this is a really great choice and benefiting from all the resources that we have available to us and just the support from our HBCUs has definitely been great. Yeah, for sure. I know like my family, I, I influenced a lot of like my younger family to go to HBCUs. Like my little sister, she'll be going to NCAT. Um, in the fall after she graduates high school. So just seeing like, you know, just the impact that I've made on my younger siblings uh, just from going to HBCU is, is good because I feel like we should continue to push that narrative and continue to get just our siblings and our family to go to HBCUs because these are our institutions. All right. And I'm glad we could end it on a good note, just reminiscing about our HBCU. So thanks for listening to the Roden Fellows podcast, everyone. This show is produced by Ashton Edmonds. Special thanks to Tarika Fossil Brasby and Christina Buswell and the ESPN digital audio content team. I'm Marissa Stubbs and I've been your host. Get all the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to the Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make the Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports, race, and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>